We continue now in our studies in the book of Revelation. Just as a reminder, the purpose of this deep dive into prophetic scripture, and of course the book of Revelation, as far as it concerns our time, is the mother load of such uh, prophetic scriptures, is because we live in a time when everything is being shaken, uncontrovertibly so, and only that which is consistent with the kingdom of God will escape judgments and therefore will remain. And in fact, in the judgments themselves that are coming upon the earth, the, po- the point of these judgments and the purpose behind it, uh, behind the judgments, is to make room for the kingdom of God to manifest itself in the full scope of what God envisioned even as He created the heavens and the earth. So if we're going to find that safe place on which to stand, it is going to be the understanding of the kingdom. Now the remarkable thing about the book of Revelation is that, or one of the remarkable things, is that it is not a standalone book in the Bible, it's not simply inserted at the end. It really is very much a summary, not only of other prophetic scriptures, but especially of the ancient promises that God made. And it is the unfolding of the symbolisms of the scriptures to reveal Christ in a paramount way to reveal the triumphant Christ. In so doing, it does of necessity also reveal the triumphant body of Christ, which by the way is the only description of the church found in the scriptures. Not an institution, not a divine, not a thing crafted by men, not a thing developed by the imaginations of men, but the real thing. So part of what is happening at the end of the age is the clarification of what is the body of Christ, because that and that alone will enjoy the benefits of being associated with Christ, who is being revealed as the ultimate, in His ultimate triumph and His ultimate overcoming. With that said, I'd like for us now to resume our discussions uh, in the eighth chapter of the book of Revelation. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. We pause there. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal. Now you'll recall in chapter 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah was found worthy to open, to take the scroll and to open the seals. And we've been looking at the opening of each of these seals. When you come to the seventh seal then, 
you understand that because this is a scroll sealed with seven seals, the seventh seal is about the culmination of all that has been sealed. And of course, not inconsistent with the very meaning of seven, which is completion, the final thing. Sometimes the number seven is used simply uh, as a metaphor for completeness, and sometimes it's an actual number, seven, which also means it's the wrapping up or completing of things. We're told that there were seven seals and we have observed chronologically the opening of six prior seals, and now we are at the opening of the seventh seal. So we may properly expect that from this point forward in the narrative, in the prophetic narrative, that we're going to see the wrapping up of things. Once again, the wrapping up of things is going to refer back to certain things that have already been mentioned in the Scriptures. This is one of the most uh, wonderful keys of understanding regarding the book of Revelation. It's, as I said, it's not a standalone book. It goes back and it brings forward things that uh, of the most ancient uh, of, 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 of references, and it brings them forward now and shows them in the light of final things. This is, uh, at this point, it might be said that there is an uh, imminence, a soon to occur, an imminence of the eschaton, of the hidden things, uh, the, of, of eschatology. It's the, the wrapping up surrounding the doctrine of last things. All right? I understand that people have said, well, you know, the earth will go on forever. That's not biblical. That's, that's, that's unbiblical. The Bible begins with the notion that the earth was created, not a notion but a statement, that the heavens and the earth were created, so there was a time when they were not. They were created against the background of what purposes they were designed to serve, and when those purposes have reached their completion, the heavens and the earth will pass away. Now I know when we look out through our eyes into our daily circumstances, the concept of things coming to an end, things, the finality of things, the eschaton, the, 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 the wrapping up of things, doesn't seem real. Uh, right now in the world, uh, there are many um, challenges and challenging things, and understandably the mind of man is fixated on these challenges. Even believers are inclined to be grappling with how are things to be resolved, 
For example, right now, as a point of marking, uh, we're in the post-election for president in the United States. And the nation is obsessed with the outcome of challenges raised by the present administration regarding what appears to be the incoming administration and the elections. And the church is completely caught up in that. It's sorrowful to watch the degree to which church leaders, uh, evangelical church leaders, are completely caught up in that. So it's not surprising that the unfolding of eschatological things, last things, will catch the church under this present leadership, under its present leadership, will catch it unawares. It's, it's, they're distracted. And distracted from these overarching things, these things that de- actually determine what the course of history is. So that's why we're told again and again in the scriptures by none other than the Lord Himself, watch ye therefore, do not lose your focus. Now by Revelation 8, the Lamb is opening the final seal. We better pay attention. And as He does, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. This this pause, this break, would indicate a separation from what had been talked about just previously to what is about to be unleashed. And what follows is a brief bridge between what had been talked about in the end of the seventh chapter where the, those who have overcome have been given not only uh, the, the white robes and the incidences of honour and glory and the rest, uh, but their prayers, they had offered prayers to God and every indication was that their prayers were being answered. It was a time for their prayers to be answered. Prayers such as, how long, O Lord, will you put up with the unrelenting oppression of your people? How long will you uh, accept or, or, or tolerate the wickedness of men? How long will you permit lawlessness and evil uh, by rulers and people alike to go unchecked upon the earth. How long? Uh, They were given every assurance that they were heard, they were exalted, they were robed, and they were otherwise honoured in heaven. And now a break from that to what is about to be released at the uh, opening of the seventh seal. So the next thing that is said 
And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now in Luke, the first chapter, one of the angels who stands before God came to see Mary and greeted her and announced that he was Gabriel, quote, one of the angels who stands before God. It would appear that the angels who stand before God, inclusive of Gabriel, are waiting to be dispatched with messages from God. We also saw the angel Gabriel coming in, uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, coming to tell Daniel about events that were about to unfold in his day and in his time. So as ominous and as um, unusual the reference, one of the seven angels who stands before God sounds, we're really quite familiar with the fact that there are angels who stand before God waiting to announce the things that God wishes to do upon the earth. And in the case of Gabriel, both references that we have to him, um, and in fact there are other references to Gabriel, but the two that I've referred to, indicate that when he comes, when this messenger comes and brings a message, the whole earth is changed by that fact, by what is said. So in that sense, the sayings of God are the means by which He alters the trajectory of human history. For example, when the angel Gabriel came to tell Daniel, that uh, while he was still praying, while Daniel was still praying, Gabriel said, I was dispatched to bring you understanding. And as Gabriel finished telling about the understanding, some of which were to happen immediately and some of which were meant to occur in what are called 77s, uh, 70 prophetic weeks of Daniel, to culminate with the, uh, the revealing of the Righteous One, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the end of the age. One of the things he said, as I was coming to you, Daniel, the Prince of Persia detained me for a fortnight, for 21 days. And, when I re- and no one came to my rescue, except Gabriel, excuse me, except uh, Michael. And he said, and, and uh, he overthrew or knocked down the Prince of Persia. And he said, when I return, the Prince of Greece will come. Even in those what appear to be just passing statements, enormous revelation as to what changes on the earth 
is deposited. So he prophesied the end of Darius II, the destruction of Darius by one described in scripture as this shaggy goat, uh, the term Macedonia or Macedon related to goat herders, people, tenders of goats. So in the, in the, in the encryption, so to speak, um, he speaks of the king of Macedonia who at that time would be Alexander the Great, the son of Philip of Macedonia, would come and would destroy uh, uh, the, the, the Persian Empire. Well, in history that's exactly what happened. And he described this shaggy goat as moving so fast across the ground that his feet didn't touch the ground. It was this that was Alexander's military strength. He could move in military terms with lightning speed. Um, What the Germans would call in World War II, Blitzkrieg. This, the, way they, the way they circumvented the marginal line uh, that separated between the defensive positions of France versus Germany, they simply swept around the ends and captured uh, the Vichy armies of uh, France in World War II. Alexander perfected that art millennia before and destroyed Uh, the the Prince of Persia. And so in that statement brought by the angel Gabriel that said, and when I return the Prince of Greece will come, he tells about shaking the earth, shaking the earth, establishing a new rule and and destroying another form of rule. So it's, uh, now the second thing, the second reference to uh, the sayings of Gabriel and my point is that when the angels who stand before God announce things on the earth, it indicates a profound shaking, a resetting of the earthly order of things to be consistent with the unveiling of the prophecies that are written in books that have been sealed, that are now being opened and making way for the advance of the Kingdom of God. Whenever these angels speak, it is always about shaking that makes way for the advance of the Kingdom of God. The second example I was about to say was when the angel Gabriel again came and spoke to Mary, the reference in Luke 1, I think about the 42nd verse or so when he tells Mary that he had come to announce that she would be carrying the child of the Holy Spirit whose name would be called Emmanuel, El being God, Emmanuel being God with us. And there can be no doubt that the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ represented this substantial and really total reset of human history. 
This was the promise made to Abraham uh, that, that uh, was the very justification for the existence of Israel. In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The coming of, of the Holy One, the child to be born according to Isaiah 53, the son to be given, would reset mankind. But that too was foreknown by God, indeed from the foundations of the world, for the Lamb would be He, Emmanuel, who would be slain from the foundations of the world to reset the order of things that would bring in everlasting righteousness. In the person, first in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and then subsequently in the body of Christ, that vehicle uniquely prepared to carry the image and likeness of God in the earth to show to creation the excellence of its Creator and to invite men, invite mankind to become conformed to the standard of God's righteousness revealed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and shown to the earth and shown to principalities and powers in the heavenly places through the church. So that simple statement, I saw the seven angels who stand before God and we pulled out one of the seven angels, the one that we know for sure, uh, because he said so, I am one of the seven angels, I'm one of the angels who stands before God. Now these seven angels are given seven trumpets. It is common for the angels who stand before God to announce things and the seven trumpets are the seven announcements that will continue to shake the the heavens and the earth to make room for the coming forth of the Kingdom of God in its its greater fullness. Let us understand, the Kingdom of God is not waiting to come. The Kingdom of God came and was first announced on the day of Pentecost and it's been here since then, since then for 2,000 years. But the prophecy regarding the Kingdom, even from Isaiah, declared that of the increase of His Kingdom or His government and of His rule, of the increase there shall be no end. So from its inception and continuing in perpetuity, certainly throughout this age, the rest of it, through the millennial age and then beyond, beyond because there will, at the end of the millennial age it is said that Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ will give up, will hand up the Kingdom to the Father and God will be all in all. So it is meant to increase from one stage to another to another, although the earmarks of the Kingdom remain the same. 
it's the situs of the throne of God or the authority of God and it is the place from which the rule of God is supported in the earth and projected through a people in the earth. It represents the, now it represents the incarnation of God in the person of Christ. When Jesus said, oh, when Jesus prayed to the Father and said, let those who come after me, uh, let them be one in the same manner in which you and I are one. You are in me, I am in you, let them be one in us. Because we yet live in the flesh and Jesus came into the fle- came in the form of flesh while He was on the earth, He was God incarnate. The word for flesh is the word carnal. So in an incarnated form it requires the existence of flesh or carnal. Now there'll come a time when this mortal will put on immortality, when the natural will be clothed with the spiritual, so it will no longer be an incarnation in that sense, but there will always be the dwelling of God in whatever form man is in, whether carnal now or spiritual subsequently. So one of the seven angels who stood before God, or the seven, I saw the seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets. So we know that they're about to sound and their soundings will change everything that follows and the change will be in the nature of destroying that which opposes the kingdom and uh, causes for the kingdom to come in a greater measure uh, than it has ever been before. But then it says, then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with prayers for all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne of God. And the smoke of the incense and the prayers of the saints ascended before God from His hand." Now this isn't one of the seven angels, this is another angel. And he comes forth holding a golden censer which is that object on which you burn uh, incense. To understand this, we'll, we'll need to go back to the Old Testament in the building of the tabernacle and look at the altar of incense and uh, look at the, uh, the symbolism of incense offered as the prayers of the saints and how strange fire offered on the altar, offered on the incense or the censer is an abomination to God. We'll therefore discuss what our prayers ought to be like and why some prayers are not answered and other prayers indeed are answered. 
am Sam Solon. We're moving very carefully, slowly through the book of Revelation and we've come to chapter 8 at about the third verse. We'll talk again soon.